Hallelujah. So this morning I'll be talking to us about embracing God's dealings for growth. Embracing um, God's dealing for growth. Um, last week, we, we saw how important spiritual growth is. Pastor Busayo talked about how you know, spiritual growth is essential. Um, how that it is the intent and the will of God for us to not just be born into the kingdom, but more importantly for us to do what? To grow onto maturity. Um, no, no parent will see his or her child, you know, having been born, you know, and is refusing to grow and be happy about it. Amen. I'm, I'm not sure that we've seen any parent like that, that, you know, your child is refusing to grow. The guy finishes maybe three, um, like my son, when he, was, when he was small. I think we used to buy none every three, three days then. The guy... You would think his first purpose in earth is to, <laughs> is to bankrupt none or bankrupt his father and his parents. Was finishing one bottle of um, one thing of none every three days. I know some of you cannot relate now because you don't know the price of none. I'm sure Laddie can probably relate now. <laughs> you know, my wife and I were practically working for them, you know, because once children take, once we budget food for kids. In a month, there's nothing. The rest of us, we just drinking Gary. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, it was exciting for a wedding company. When say, uh, you know, this child now just came and scattered things. Money that I would have used to buy a car. You know, something is wrong with you if you are thinking that way. Am I making sense? You know, but you, you, are, you are rejoicing. In fact, if he wasn't even eating, you'd be worried. You know, you'd be worried. We'll finish one full. The guy used to finish, you know, sometimes I say, are you sure this boy will finish this? My wife said, just watch. And the guy will just, like a F1 driver, just, and then he's asking for more. <laughs> Amen. But we, be, we see that in how fast he began to grow, how quickly he was converting those food resources into Increase in you know body in size and everything, and you are excited. You are excited. In fact, I thought the way it was maybe it was going to work in six months because our elder sister, his elder sister, worked at seven months. I think within seven or eight months. When the guy was up to one, you get to one year. You know, as it's, you want me to lay hands on you or what? <laughs> you can't be eating my food in vain now. Eh? The guy was just enjoying being carried. Hallelujah. So. Every parent, you know, it is the love and joy of every parent to see their children grow, you know, and you're seeing that the resources that you're giving to them, they are, it's been converted to energy, it's been converted to spiritual growth, the muscles are growing, there is increase in height, you know, they are getting more beautiful, skin is glowing and all that. And that is the way it is with God. That is the way it is with God. God's ultimate um, longing is to see his children grow and mature you know you know and he's also committed to the process of that growth so god is not unrealistic you know the way some of us parents are very unrealistic you know my son was quite very different from my daughter my daughter came almost mature you know <laughs> in the way she does things character and all that you know with little effort he she took to you know, reading this Bible, you know, praying and all those really to effort. He 
was a little bit different. <laughs> he sort of had his own mind, you know, a little bit different. And he had some very obvious, he's a very reactionary, used to be a very reactionary person. You know, that's my son, Nifersi. And he used to have some very weird reactions. For example, there was a time in his life when if, if a fruit fly passes like five meters away and he spots that fruit fly, my son is going to disappear from that environment. As you would think, it's a dragon that passed. <laughs> He's, he, he didn't used to play outside for a long time because of... He has a very advanced sense of hearing. So he can pick maybe a bee boss some meters away. He can hear it. The guy will just disappear from that avenue completely and go. What kind of... And there was time I determined that I was going to disabuse his mind of that fear. And I wanted to do it by force. Looking back now, I, I felt very stupid. <laughs> you know, because we bought balls for him and his sister. And one of the balls had drawings of um, um, ants and cockroaches, all those uh, funny ants. And Nifesi will refuse to play with that ball. If you play that ball, he goes the opposite direction. You would think it's actually cockroach that is flying towards him. It's an ordinary ball, for God's sake. So one day I told myself that today I am going to make you play with this ball by force. And I grabbed him and put this, the guy was screaming. My wife was like, what are you doing? I said, leave me alone. I want to train him. <laughs> you know, I said, today, today, you will love this ball. You will, you will stop being afraid of this ball. I was just wasted. I, was just, I just wasted my time. and just stressed the poor boy for nothing. Because the smart thing even grew worse after that day. You know? But, do you know, I don't even remember when he started playing with that ball. I don't remember. There was nothing specifically that I did. You know, after that, after that I gave up that. Okay, I, I think I don't know how to do fatherhood with this guy. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me leave him. And which I just, in quote, left him to grow. All he needed was to just grow. And one day I just said, see, this boy is playing with this, uh, this boy is playing with this ball, and my wife never misses a moment to say, I told you so. She doesn't let it go to waste. <laughs> so she had to say, I told you when you were being, when you wanted to do it. I told you. I said, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, of course you are right, you know. And that's the way God is. God doesn't shove process and training down our truth and say, today, in the next three months, you must mature by fire and by fire. Angel Gabriel, get it done. Let the zeal of the Lord perform it. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. But that's the way our reaction to God sometimes feels like. You know, when you say, God, am I the only one? Ah, you, you are making him feel as though he's giving you more than what you can bear. Am I making sense? You know, and sometimes we, off, we outrightly want to reject God's training because it is not palatable. You see, but if we have an understanding of the love of God. It settles a lot of things as far as God's training is concerned. Because you know that he loves you. And if he loves you, he cares about you. And whatever it is that he's allowed us to go through is for our benefit. Scripture says that the Lord trains us, Hebrews 12, the Lord trains us for the purpose of our benefit, for our own profit. It is in our best interest 
that we allow God to train us for growth. Amen. God doesn't have anger fits that, that human... You know, sometimes when your father beats you, you say, this beating is not what I did. <laughs> this, is, this man is not being paid salary. He's just, he's, just, he's just taking it out on me. This has nothing to do with... Uh, it's the only cup I broke now. Culinary cup. <laughs> you know, but you can't tell your father that he won't be tied you. say, Daddy, this is a weakness. You have to deal with your weakness. It's not about what I did. <laughs> How many of us can say that to our fathers? <laughs> you will hear it that, you, that day. You, <laughs> you know, my dad is a very tough, was a very tough guy. In fact, I had crises after we'd grown up. So in my family, were the first four, there were two sets of children, the first four and the last two. Um, so for example, between me and my immediate younger sister, period of five years, and between me and the last born of the house was a period of 11, so it's 11 years difference. So the last two experienced a different father than we, the first four, experienced. By that time, my dad's hand has, in quotes, is growing weak. It's not weak in strength, but he's become a, you know, when you are approaching grandfather's stage, you tone it down, the temperature really comes down, you know, a lot. And they had it very, very cool, and they were really enjoying him. We, when you hear pa-pam, pa-pam, that's my dad's signature horn. He's the only one that uses that sound in the whole of our streets. So even if I'm walking in the street of Adwekiti and I hear pa-pam, pa-pam, I know it's my dad. <laughs> so if you hear pa-pam, pa-pam, then everybody scatters in. Just quickly go and carry a book that you've not read in to just open it in front of you and pretend as if you are. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't care whether you've been, even if you have been reading since morning till 5 p.m. as you literally have been reading, he has to come back and meet you in front of that book. And even if you have not been reading at all, he has to come back and just meet. They cannot burn you and say, you will not, you know. And we had all kinds of antics. Growing up then, he had, we had this VHS player video. He keeps it inside his cupboard, you know, under his clothes. <laughs> My elder brother can find, if you ask him to find a lost soul, he can find anything. My Odu will go and find it. He's the always one putting us in trouble. He will go and find it and bring it out. And they will be playing cassettes. So once we hear, pam, 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 pam. One, my elder brother was a genius. He would designate somebody to go and open the gate. You must only be walking slowly. If you walk fast, he has calculated the distance and the pace of walk so that by the time you get to the gate, the coast is clear. We have, there's, a, there's a rag inside the water, inside cold water, by the VHS player. Once you hear pop, 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 and the festive will bring out the rag, squeeze it, and clean the top of the VHS so that it's not hot. And then once you clean it, you see it's cool. Quickly, carry it, roll it, take it inside the room. He must meet, the clothes must be arranged exactly as he left it. If he's listening to this message, he will be laughing his head off now, my dad. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, and sometimes because of the peculiarity of the 
of the father would have been exposed to while growing up, we project that same image on God. You know, and some of some people have been very unfortunate to have to to have experienced very bad fatherhood. You know, and the reason is because our fathers too are humans, and they are also not perfect, and they are also a victim of whatever system that they were brought up under. And that is, you know, you know, I, I said, uh, was it last Sunday that I said that the real generational curse is traditions and culture and mindset that's actually been passed from one generation to another. That's the real one you have to deal with. Any other thing other than that, the cross has taken care of. No cause, no generational blood covenant, whatever nonsense is, is, has effect over you. But you have to deal with those tendencies because you inherited them. They have now formed part of your behavior and part of your reasoning. Hallelujah. Some people, you will hear that they say, I can never marry from, me, from a particular tribe. Where did they get it from? They spent their growing up years listening to their parents talk badly about that particular tribe. So even though they've never met anybody from that tribe before, particularly, there is just an inborn resentment regarding everyone that comes from that particular tribe. Amen. Those are traditions, mindsets that we've inherited that are what? That, 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 that have shaped our mindset against the order of God. Because in the order of God, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, there is no Berean, there is no Sintian. Am I making sense? There is no bond or free. There is no white or black or green. Nothing. All are new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the way God sees all. Some of us today, you'll be shocked at the level of innate tribalism and ethnicity that is still seeping out from our character sometimes. You know, when you meet, when you meet somebody on the road, you see somebody pushing with you by and say, oh, they are bookies and are bookies. You have, you have zoned up the whole of those tribes that they are foolish. I understand. He said, Aboki. Aboki doesn't even, in fact, we have, Yorubas have given the word Aboki a new meaning. Aboki means friend. But when you say Aboki as a Yoruba person, you are likely to say a foolish person. Tongue speaking people, we all fall into these traps. Sometimes I, I have to call him and say, Ah, oh, God, have mercy. So before you start shouting Black Lives Matter and joining some foolish people shouting, you too. Think about how you are contributing to ethnicity and tribalism here. Some of these things are traditions that we have inherited. Some of people can't do business with certain people. Not because they've met them before. They've not even, they don't even know jack about their character. Am I making sense? It's just these things that have seeped in, been passed down. And God needs to rid us of those things. God needs to take us through process to rid us of of those things. So sometimes we make that mistake of projecting the image of our own natural training and the perspective we have of our parents to God. Have you met people who think God cannot do anything good for them? Some people are not some people are uncomfortable when they are in a season of everything is wonderful, is good. They feel like they are backsliding. Have you met people like that? As far as they are concerned, God must always be Caning and chasing you. Um, ah, you have to grow now. Ah, kingdom. Kingdom is beckoning. You have to grow. It is by fire, by force. It is wrong upbringing that they are projecting on God. Hallelujah. 
Because God knows how to balance the training for you. He knows how to. He's not constantly taking you through uncomfortable. There are times he brings the good things. The cinnamons and the sweet calamus. It's not, it's not every time, ma. Am I making sense? It's not every time. So when you meet people who are, for some people are so, they are so, their frame of mind, if something good comes, they will reject it. Ah, it's too easy. Ah, no, 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 it can't be God. It's too easy. No, mindsets. Minds, wrong mindsets. My wife and I were, were, were talking one day and she was telling me about a, a sister who was talking to about some other person go, who were going through stuff and the, the stuff they were going through was majorly as a result of the irresponsibility of the husband. You know, you know when sometimes husbands are irresponsible, the whole family suffers for you. You, 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 are, you are not prudent in how you manage finances and all that. And because of that, you are now going through period of lack, homelessness, and all that. And my wife was saying that this time was not saying that, ah, I really envy that wife for such a time of training. I really wish I have that kind of opportunity so that I can be trained of God. I said, that's a sick, that's, that's sickness there. That's, that's something wrong there. This is not even God. This is your husband. Being irresponsible. Fine, God can use any situation to train you you know, he can turn in situation to but it's not that you are now desiring other people's processes. How many of us have you met people who desire other people's processes? They they covet their ah say how I wish God is dealing with me the way he's dealing with brother Busayo. What's your what's your problem? <laughs> what's your problem? You know, when you see some people share how you know their own in quote wilderness experience, you feel inferior. That's another reaction. Maybe you are not specifically desiring, but you feel that this person, ah, these are, these are people who are really working with God. Oh, authentic process. We, we are just playing games. You immediately, you know, you immediately feel inferior and esteem lightly your own dealings with God. And that thing displeases God because what you are saying is that you are telling God that he doesn't know how to train you properly. Am I making sense? You know, stop converting people's processes and journey. Just follow your own. If your own is just be having money, just be having money. Just follow. See, your, the, the fact that you have money doesn't... God has, cannot run out of ideas about how to train you. Am I making sense? Your problem is that you live in a society that glorifies money. That's the problem. So the problem is not that God can give God can make you a billionaire today. He doesn't give God less options about how to train you. He doesn't. But the reason we covet and look at and, and get jealous and get you know uh, wish for other people's journey is because we live in a society that prioritizes certain things that other brother or that other sister has. If we live in a society where your money doesn't matter, we'll feel less pressure. Am I making sense? So sometimes let's stop using the construct of our society as a measurement or as a sense of engagement for God to train us or to lead us. It's the reason why some people, all their prayers from since when they were young till they die is about God bless me. God bless me. Why? Because they live in a society that is putting them constantly under pressure of 
hammering of I want to hammer, I want to hustle, I want to, I want to blow, I want to. So you carry those things, and those idols becomes the 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 the, 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 the conduit of your worship unto God. And if God is not doing it, you are disappointed. In fact, you want to shut down and say, me and God, I shut you down. Hallelujah. But this thing is so important. Am I making sense? They are so crucial because this is how a lot of times we, 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 we displease God by refusing to cooperate with God. The dealings of God, God is looking at his dealings with you from an eternal perspective. You are looking at the dealings of God from your own carnal timing. God, I'm 30. Why am I not married? You think, I mean, look at what God is thinking about. Look at the eternal purpose and counsel of God and the benefit to the kingdom. When you grow up, you are thinking about a human being that just has I don't want to use the word on, on pulpits. You know, all you are thinking of is just, say, I wish somebody would just call do me now. In the midst of all these big things God is saying, I say, the kind of rain that is raining today. Ah, it's a rain for two. It's a weather for two. Ah, God. When are you going to do it now, God? How long are you going to do it now, and God is looking at you and saying, I'm a down of Angel Gabriel. I'm a shame. Come by you. You know, and because of that, you refuse to pray for the next two days. You are, you are angry. You are throwing tantrums. God wants to talk to you. Say, mm. God said, my, my, I'm not your, okay, I'm your daughter, but it's not yet, not time for that now. You know, and God doesn't do wuru-wuru to the answer. If you refuse, if that is deduction you want to stay for the next five years, Holy Ghost will sit down there with you and be encouraging you. You know, God doesn't, he doesn't run out of patience in that sense. Do you understand? As in, the Holy Ghost doesn't say, even me, I'm weak, I'm tired, I, don't, I can't have patience again. No, he's a perfect being. Every day he will be faithful to get you up to encourage you, to move forward. He, he, any opportunity he has, he brings the vision of the kingdom again. You are bigger than this. You are more than this. See, there is a glorious destiny waiting for you. Whether you choose to hear it that day or you don't choose to hear it, he will come back again. He is faithful. He is a faithful helper. He's not like your partner that when you refuse to do the right thing, he withdraws the help. No. So, but he will not say, ah, you're, you're, Oh my, that you spend five years in the class. You know, like some primary schools does. He said, ah, this man, this boy, the father is the, the, is the biggest financier of this school. Please make sure he doesn't come lower than third, <laughs> no matter what. There are some schools like that in this Lagos. How many of us know that? You must be careful with the school that you put your children in. Amen. The Holy Ghost doesn't do that. But it is also painful that something that should take you three months, for example, is taking you five years. It's also painful. And like, as a true father, the Lord will feel the pain too. That this thing, this boy ought to have left it behind. Am I making sense? 
And so we have to trust God so that these things, these issues, these, the, we don't allow the world to distract us and put pressure on us so much that we are not responding to God's dealings as we ought to. Because the Bible says that the world is passing, passing away and the what? And the lost thereof. See that thing to that you, is so big in your eyes today that you, if you don't have it, you will die. It will soon pass away. Where are those who were driving Pujo 505 then? And they will wear, what's the name of that? Uh, is that, that shiny? It's not Adire now. I don't even know. I don't know. The only thing I know is Adire in my life. Adire and Akara. Anything other than that, I don't know anything. But this one is very shiny. It used to look like, once you iron it like this, it stays like that. You can't fold it. It has this shining. You know, that, that's only cool kind of, uh, you know, the way it's, you'll be seeing the singlet under the hand of the Abada like that. You know, that used to be the elite clothes then. Then with your 505, you are at the top of the world. If they dash you that car now, you almost wonder that there's something wrong with you. That lost as what? Has passed away. Another one has come. Because the world always manufactures new, new ones. But this one today, it will also do what? It will soon pass away. It will soon pass away. It will soon pass away. Imagine, let's, I don't, you know, people say this money ritual thing is real. I don't know. But imagine, let's assume it's real. You did money ritual. You kill human being to buy Blackberry. When God looks at someone like that, I'm not even sure whether God is really angry and wants to throw you into hell. I think God looks at you with serious pity. How can, how can, you, be so, how can you be so low? Even when anima is not like this. Do you understand? I think the, the mindset is so, so, so low. It is even less than animal mindset. And there are people who do some very terrible stuff. Just because they want to belong. Just because they want to satisfy the world and it's lost. Some of us don't go to that extent. But we are in battle. If you see God today, you will carry condo and say, God, if you don't bless me, if you don't bless me, I'll go wound you. That's the way our prayer is like. Hallelujah. It's the same mindset. It's just that you are constrained. Am I making sense? So God delights in training his children and the purpose of that training is for spiritual growth. It's for spiritual growth. It is not normal if you are not growing. You can write that down. It is not normal. When you are not growing, it is not normal. Don't ever feel comfortable. Don't ever feel, don't ever rationalize it. Don't ever excuse it. Don't ever get tired of putting yourself, engaging yourself for spiritual growth. Don't ever. It is not normal. It's an abnormality. It's an aberration in the kingdom when you are not growing spiritually. If you look at your life last year and you look at your life this year and you can't point to a measure of growth in any sense, something is awfully wrong. You should be alarmed and concerned. You should not be at ease. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? 
a lot of our Christianity in, in our time has completely shut down the essence of spiritual growth. If there is any sense of it at all, it's even misplaced. You know, some people think it's when you have money that you are growing spiritually. I know some churches, it's when you have money that they make you deacon. <laughs> That's a kind of spiritual, an interpretation of spiritual growth. Very wrong interpretation. God wants us to do what? To grow. And it's the most important thing to God. Should I say that again? Your spiritual growth is the most important thing to God. Because all that he has for you, all that you will ever come into, the issues of your destiny in God, the issues of the determinate counsel of God and how it applies to you will come through the conduit of the spiritual growth. The Bible says that as the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ from what? A servant. And that tradition says a slave. It doesn't matter the plan that his father has for him. He cannot come into that inheritance. Why? He's still a child. So God has glorious destinies for you. Yes, that is incontestable. Nobody is contesting it except you. Maybe you are the one that is doubting it, using your current circumstances to doubt your destiny in God. But God is not confused about it. He has a glorious destiny for everyone sitting here. It is beyond what your mind can phantom. Am I making sense? It is beyond what your mind can phantom. His glorious destiny for you, he has predestined you for it before even you were born. Before the circumstances that you are in right now ever materializes. Even before you knew yourself. He's not confused about who you are at all. But everything is dependent on whether you will grow up or not. Everything. Everything. And for some of us, God is waiting. God is, you know, um, I don't want to use the word. Okay, for lack of a better word, God is running out of patience. Because the junction that we have, we've been there for a long time. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? God is running out of patience in terms of you've been on this mountain for far too long. Far too long. Hallelujah. So let's read a scripture before I'm accused of preaching a whole message without reading the scriptures. Amen. Quickly give me um, Proverbs chapter 14 verse 8 and then give me 7 Corinthians 3, 18 scriptures. You know, our journey is, is from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from grace to what? To grace. From one level of righteousness to another level of righteousness. Hallelujah. Proverbs 14, 8. Is that Proverbs 14, 8? Ah, no. I have written the wrong verse. What is this verse that says the path of the righteous as a shining light? What verse is that? Okay, give me Second Corinthians um, three eighteen. Why you look for the the verse that says the path of the righteous? So, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the what, the glory of the Lord. I what, into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit. Does this chronicle a prayers of change? Does this chronicle a prayers of growth? 
Does this chronicle a prayer of transformation? I need answers. Does it chronicle a prayer of metamorphosis? Yes, it does. But what is it linked to? As we what? Behold. As we behold. As in a glass. As in a mirror. The glory of the Lord. We are what? Changed into the same image. Which image? The image of God. Because that's the image that he's talking about. That's the image we are beholding through a mirror. We're seeing the image of God. We're seeing the likeness of God. And as we behold, we are changed into that same image. And how does that change happen from glory to glory? Speaking of a process, the change doesn't come at once. It doesn't come instantaneous. It comes by a process from glory to glory. Have you found that, um, that verse now? Oh, it's 418. Thank you. 418, not 148. The path of the righteous is as a what? Shining light that shines more and more onto the perfect day. I think there was a translation that says that the path of the righteous is like the dawn of light. And shines brighter and brighter onto what? The perfect day. The dawn is the darkest hour of the day. Just when it's about to break. It's the darkest hour of the day. And you know that is how new birth really is. As glorious as new birth is. In a sense... It is the lowest level you can ever be as far as your soul is concerned. Your spirit is perfect at the new birth. It's perfect, it's glorious. You are in the image of God. But your soul needs to go, go through a process of what? Renewal and regeneration. What scripture says in Romans 12, the renewal of your mind be transformed. So as glorious as the, the state that you are at the new birth is actually the lowest point of your Christian journey. It's actually the lowest point. It's the least you can ever be. The new creation realities is the least you can ever be. Am I making sense? From then on, as you respond to God and you grow, you begin to see expanded capacity, expanded wisdom, expanded knowledge. You begin to come into alignment. The wisdom of God begins to rule you. Your understanding becomes enlightened. You begin to see things in a completely different way. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? So that's what the scripture is saying. The part of the righteous is as you know, a shining light. It is what? Constantly getting brighter and brighter. It is not a dimming light. It is a what? A shine that speaks of passion, that speaks of intensity, that speaks of purpose. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? And this is how our life should be. When you look at your life, is, is there passion here? Is there purpose here? Is there a pursuit? What is the cause? What is the calling? What is the purpose for pursuit? What am I pursuing? Or am I just relaxing? Hallelujah. That is the depth, that is the that is that is the calibration of the path of the righteous. And that is the, what we should measure our lives against every day. Such that if any of these indices is dropping, then we make adjustments. If passion is dropping, we make adjustments. If purpose is blurred, you know, sometimes we come into certain tough seasons where your purpose, your understanding of purpose is challenged. Am I making sense? It happens to us all. 
What do you do? You go back and re-energize yourself. You go back to the place of sight and let God open, open your eyes. Just like the servant of Elijah on that mountain. Suddenly they came into an awareness of the hosts of Syria. And he forgot his calling. <laughs> he forgot all the spiritual advantage that he had. He said, at last, master, we are done for. Oh, to parry. This is where the life and times of Elisha the prophet ends. This is the end of the legend of Elisha. This is where the story ends. The story is, and he died by the arrows of the king of Syria. But Elisha was seeing a completely different reality. Completely different. The same location, side by side, existing in another world entirely. And because of that consciousness alone, the access and the connection to resources is completely different. One is looking and trusting God for a way of escape. The other is cool and calm and pitying the host that is approaching. It is amazing what understanding can do for you. It's amazing. When you have divine perspective, it's amazing how understanding saves you from bullshit. Permit me to use that word. Am I making sense? Two persons in the same location, their realities are completely different. Because one has understanding. Is right? the reason why scripture says that we should pray that the eyes of our understanding be what? You see, when your understanding is enlightened, devil has got nothing on you. No tricks. No tricks. You know, you see magicians. How many of you watch all these magic nonsense, magic tricks on, on YouTube or something? You just see somebody, and then by the time they show you how the person did it, you think, ah, I'm a fool for believing this thing. Am I making sense? You just run out. Enlightenment makes the devil run out of tricks for you. He just runs out of tricks. He pushes this one to help you misbehave. You cannot misbehave. He brings another one to help you say, God, why me? Because you have understanding. You are regulated. You are not distracted. In fact, you are not praying about the issue. You are not praying about the issue. But you are too busy fulfilling purpose. Hallelujah. That is how God wants us to behave. Stop running from pillar to post over issues. Focus on purpose. And that comes by spiritual understanding. That comes by understanding. Once you have understanding, you are sorted. You are sorted. Hallelujah. Same guys, the same location, different reaction. When you have understanding, the access and the abilities that you have is God's ability. Why? Because you are seeing things in what? In God's perspective. So our journey is a journey from glory to glory. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 and 18 says that our journey is that of from faith to faith. Let's quickly read that. Hallelujah. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from what? Can you read the, can you read the, I need the 16 to be in context so that we can read it in context. Give us 16. I am not ashamed of the what? Gospel. It is the what? Power of God unto salvation for everyone that to the Jews first and also 
anyway, I can dwell on this verse all day. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Do you think God has brought, do you think serving God has brought you shame? This is something that the enemy torments a lot of Christians on. You just feel a sense of disadvantage simply because you are a Christian. Is the enemy cheating you? Am I making sense? Is the enemy what? Cheating you. You are not having it the way the others are having it. You are now feeling disadvantaged. Come on. Something is wrong with your thinking. Something is wrong with your thinking. You are the advantaged one. You are the special one. You are the consecrated one. You are the rare being. (laughs) Amen. You are the one that is not common. You are the pearl. Hallelujah. You are the golden instrument that should be honored and revered and treated specially. And that's what God is doing. God is treating you specially. Am I making sense? You should know. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I wear it as a black there's a big badge. I am a Christian. And I'm proud of being a Christian. I'm proud to associate with God. Some of us enter certain climbs and we don't want them to know we're a Christian. We don't want our values to, if I will regulate, we try to change the way we talk. <laughs> because we want to belong. We are ashamed of the gospel. You should be, you should be, you should be bold to defend your values. I am not doing this. Why? Because I'm a Christian. I'm sorry. Let them call you whatever name they want to call you. Hallelujah. Because, and you are not doing that because, ah, Pastor Dami said we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ now. So <laughs> I cannot be ashamed of the gospel. Let me try so that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. No, you are still ashamed. Do you think that would not make you ashamed is that you have realized, you have come to understand it, that what? It is the what? Power of God. You are, there is a power you are experiencing that is bringing progressive salvation to you. And because of that reason, there is nothing you want to trade that for. That is why you are not ashamed. So it's not something you logically rationalize. Am I making sense? They say we should not be ashamed of God's work. I am a Christian. No, I just want you guys to know I am a Christian in this office. Please don't provoke me. I'm a Christian. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're saying that there is something that is going on on the inside that cannot but shine and reflect outside because it is authentic and it is eternal. Hallelujah. Next verse. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith to faith. This is another topic for another day. But just to lay the foundation that this is also what? Spiritual growth. It's also spiritual growth. Amen. We know for the purpose of doctrine there are two broad kinds of faith. Even though sometimes I struggle with how we define the definitions we give to the broad categories of faith. But at least from a doctrinal basis, we know there is faith towards God and there is faith of the Son of God. You know, Broadly speaking, faith is faith, really. But I feel that sometimes some of these classifications come because we want to sort of bring people back to the path that have been lost. 
For example, there was a, there's a generation, and it's still with us, there's a movement that taught the whole essence of faith is to receive mundane things from God. The A to Z of faith is all about receiving things from God. You know, so in order to bring, recalibrate those kind of, because those are wrong calibration, in order to recalibrate those kind of people, you try and bring certain doctrinal definitions that helps them to find their way back. Hallelujah. You know, there was a time we used to classify that. Now, some of us in the kingdom classify people who have those kind of faiths as babies. Say, when your faith is to receive things from God, you are still a babe. And then once you grow to the level where you are now using your faith for purpose, for training, for process, you are now mature. Anybody, some centuries back, before the word of faith movement came, a babe in Christ, a babe in Christ, has faith to go through trials and tribulations. <laughs> Am I making sense? But it was this generation that came and sort of had a deviation. Because even if you look at the pure word of faith, they don't just teach faith for things. They teach faith as a basis of understanding and relationship with God, your Father who loves you and cares for you. Before you know that a branch now came and focused strictly on prosperity and collecting things from God. Hallelujah. So you, it's wrong for you to say that somebody who uses faith only for things is a babe. That's not the correct definition of a babe. That's not. Hallelujah. That's not the correct definition of a babe. Even though that thing is, is, is a baby attitude in a sense. But that's not. Somebody, like I said, somebody who lived in the 18th century who faced serious persecutions the day they gave their life to Jesus had faith to go through those things. And they are still babes. <laughs> Am I making sense? I hope I've not confused us. So what I'm saying is that, yeah, broadly, we know we have two kinds of faith. There's faith towards God and faith of the Son of God. And we are to graduate from one level of faith to another, which also signifies, um, you know, the process of growth. You know, and like I've laid the foundation already, that it's very important in the heart of God that we grow up spiritually. And one of the critical ways by which we grow up spiritually is by responding to the dealings of God. Hallelujah. And this is making it broader. Now, you know, at the granular level, at the the granular level, what it takes for you to grow is to have a strong devotional life, commitment to the Word and the Spirit. You know, when I mean devotional life, I don't mean read a daily guide or something or praying. I'm talking something more broad than that. You have a devotional life to the Word and the Spirit. It basically means that you study the Word, you meditate on it, you take it, you know, the instructions, you know. So it's not just a ritual for you. It is more a relationship. Am I making sense? And then you also learn to follow the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to hear His voice, and to listen to His instructions. That's basically what I mean by devotion to Word and Spirit. Am I making sense? You know, but at, that's at the granular level. At the broader level, the instrument and the ingredient for spiritual growth is more than that. It is basically understanding the uh, what, what would I call the package of God's dealings with you and responding to it. Let me explain what I mean by that. There are certain people who have very strong devotional life to reading the Bible and praying. 
but they are not growing spiritually. Sounds contradictory, right? They can pray. Have you met prayer warriors before? If they pray now, this whole place will shake. But in terms of spiritual growth and maturity, they are still where they used to be two years ago. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So it is not just enough to have a strong devotional life. It's not enough to come to church every Sunday. It's not enough to read your Bible and pray. It's not enough to have prayer words and all that. There has to be an acceptance of the critical package of how God is dealing with you for growth. There has to be an understanding of it and a response to it. Am I making sense? The response to it, the understanding of it can be as simple as there is somebody, there is somebody who is a pain in your neck at your office and God is teaching you how to respond to that person out of love. That's a critical training module for spiritual growth. You are praying that God will remove him from that office and let him transfer him to Shokoto. God is saying no. You have to walk in love. So, if you like, continue to pray five hours a day for God to uproot him. God is not, is not going anywhere. Am I making sense? You know, I belong to a group um, of um, one of my WhatsApp groups and somebody came on the group. You know, you have many WhatsApp groups. Somebody came on the group and said, talked about how one of her bosses threatened her and all that. And then raised the prayer point of the group. Please help me pray that wherever the boss is now, he'll be receiving the fire of God's judgment. And that eventually they should remove the guy. So the one I asked, okay, before we even fire on in prayer. Some people have actually fired on in prayer. <laughs> what exactly happened? You say, hey, I'm meant to open an account for somebody that the boss referred to her. She was meant to open an account for her. And then the person did not bring the required credentials. And then she couldn't open the account for, for the person. So the boss was the boss now threatened that he would get her fired from that office because he did not respond to, he did not do what he said. She didn't do what he said uh, he should do. I'm like, this is why we are raising prayer point over. Go to the guy's office, sit down and explain now. Oga, this person you sent to me does not have this, this, this requirement. And we can't open account for the person because until, just call the person and say, if he brings those things today, in fact, I don't mind sleeping in this office to open the account for your person. If you tell that to your boss, if he's a reasonable person, he will agree now that the fault is not with you. So why, why, why are you letting us waste prayer over something? Some people have fired prayer. Oh, ah, God of this, God of that. You remove that boss, remove that boss. You know, the things we are using prayer to do, serve our callousness, our insensitivity, our intolerance is worse than what some believers are doing. You know, so the next day he said that, Please let me thank God. Um, things are getting better now. You know, um, he has calmed down. I've been able to open the account. But I still want him to know that I serve a living God. I said, <laughs> <laughs> this one is no longer, this one is, this one is vindictive. It's beginning to look like vindictiveness and all that. You know, and that's the way some of us behave. Maybe that is just a critical, you know, thing that is meant for that person to grow spiritually. A lot of the things we, 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 we run health as skelter about, we, we bother God about, they are just things we need to learn from and take 
advantage of those things for spiritual growth. That's all. That's all. Amen. If look at David, for example, David was doing following sheep and je, je, je. they sent him to go and you know, very there is nothing that looks like being led by the Spirit about his life. His father was the one that said, which father himself sends small boy to go and carry? What if stray harrow hit the boy? <laughs> Do you know? His father says, okay, just take food. Or go and give your brother on the, on the, front, on the war front to another. You know, and the blank people to carry food. And got there. Unfortunately for Goliath, that was when the guys chose to come out and threaten. And this one, who is this idiot? What's his name? They say he's Goliath. He's been a, a warrior from since when he was a kid. Eh, eh. Is that why he's saying nonsense about our God? I will deal with you. Where is, please? <laughs> and his brother was like, it's like your head don't the mark. You don't know who this guy is. But the guy was like, is there not a cause? Look at the guy. Look at his location. Look at his understanding. That's training. His location, shepherd, right? The most menial job in Israel. The most basic. You don't need any skill for it. Just, but look at his understanding. Look at where his understanding is. The elites of Israel, including the king, does not have the understanding that he had. He was able to analyze all that movement, everything that led him to that point and say that there is a cause for this thing. No? This me bringing food. This, this nonsense guy speak. There is a cause. So there is something. There is a purpose to defend. His understanding was far from his age and far from his physical experience. That is somebody who is going through what? Growth. Spiritual growth. He has been journeying for a very long time in God. Even though nothing changes in his environment. For years, all that they think about him is that he's going to live a shepherd and die a shepherd. He's probably not going to have anything as far as inheritance is concerned. Amen. Because he's the last born. And there are certain accounts that even said that he was he's an illegitimate son. You know, but the guy was gradually progressing in growth, in spiritual growth. And then God was looking at him and said, okay, you are in step for the agenda that I have ahead. You are right in step. That is why it is so foolish for us to limit the sense of our worth around our current environment or experience. That is absolutely limiting God. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? And immediately after that sh- shining, you know, when he killed uh, Goliath and everybody was shining, he, he went into another 13 years of literally running for his life. That an ordinary person would say, God, I'm a daro by Talonim Pa Goliath. You know, 13 years of his life running from, running from pillar to post, trying to hide from Saul. But he did not despair. He was still focused. 
And that is the way it is for us as Christians. Irrespective of what is going on on the outside, our focus must what? Must remain. We must be able to discern and receive, accept that critical package of God's dealing for our lives for the purpose of spiritual growth. That thing changes per time. It changes per season and it also changes based on the level we have attained. Your dad, I'm sure Buzayo's children, if he looks at them, maybe not Buzayo, maybe Simi, Simi, I'm sure, almost sure that if you look at your children, you give them an eye, they will not listen to you. They are just wasting your time. Maybe by that you shout once or twice, they are just warming up, thinking whether they should respond to you or not. <laughs> maybe finally you now shout four or five times, or you grab a, 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 maybe a, a, a cane or something and threaten the hand. Maybe they will now sit down. But a time will come when one look passes the message. You don't need to say anything. One look passes the message. There are children that are not even like, look, let your eyes pop out. <laughs> <laughs> they are just wasting your whole time. My son and I have, have very funny conversations. Very funny conversations. If, if university will say, oh, daddy, is this thing this? I said, no, it's this. it is this. Oh, I thought it is this thing. And I said, ah, no, it's not. He said, I know, I know. I said, I thought it is. He doesn't want you to respond that to correct him again. He's trying to tell you that he's taking the correction that he's only telling you that he thought it was this. So every time you respond, I didn't get it on time. You said, oh, dad, and I thought it is, okay, let's, let's just call us for example. And I thought it's black. I said, no, it's, it's blue. I know, daddy, I said, I thought. I said, I, I, I know too. I, I'm, I'm saying that I know you thought that, but I'm saying that it's not black but blue. Oh, daddy, I know. I know it's blue. I'm just saying I thought it was black. I say, I, I know too, but <laughs> he will have the last statement too. He's not going to relent. You are the one that will give up. That conversation will go on. You are the one that will give up. You know, that's, but it's come to another level where he said, that is this, this. I said, no, it's this. I let the conversation end there. Because growth has what has happened. Because growth has happened. So, that is how also God's dealings with us changes by time, by season, and also by level of what we are going through, at that level of spiritual maturity that we are. You know, last week, Pastor Bazaar classified broadly the three main levels of spiritual growth. There is babyhood, there is childhood, and there is um, zimahood, adulthood. And those are very true, doctrinally true, but when you look at the intricacies of it, the applications sometimes vary. Because sometimes when you look at certain dealings of God, there are certain tendencies that you show, which doesn't necessarily mean that your level of maturity is at that level. It just means that there are certain aspects of your life that you need to deal with. Amen. Let me give you a broad example, and I'm going to maybe we'll round up on this note. Milk generally is for what? It's for who? It's for who? It's for babies. But when you look in the scriptures, the things that form the backdrop of babyhood are things that some people also still struggle with. 
who we may judge that are not babes. Let me give you a scripture. Let's go to, um, what's this verse? Let's go to, oh, I, I've, I've run ahead of myself. Okay, no problem. Um, let's go to First Peter 2. Or maybe I should, should I back up a little? Should I? Should I back up a little? I just want to, you know, give us a scripture for, you know, the fact that it's crucial for us to recognize God's dealings to us and how it changes. And just give me, quickly give me Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse, let's start from verse 1. Hear you children the instruction of a father and attend to know what? Does this does that show what we've been talking about since? To know what? Understanding is training. So the purpose of training is for what? Understanding. Understand. And we've explained that. Let's go forward. The wise shall inherit. No, this is verse. Yeah. For I give you what? I give you what? What is that good doctrine? Forsake not my. Don't ever become unregulated at any point in your life. Don't ever become lawless. Lawless is you, you have refused the laws of, you have refused the training of the Lord. You know, training is regulation, right? It is working by certain instructions and laws. If I want to train maybe Busayo's son now, I want to take him through some regiment, you know, some regiment and say, okay, every morning you must do this by this time, you must wake up by this time, you must do this. Those are laws. Those are trainings. You know, why? Because I want him to gain certain skill or certain uh, maybe in this case, strength or more Zeus or strength or something like that. You know, those are laws. That's what he's saying. He said, good doctrine is do not ever forsake the law of the Lord. Don't ever be at any point in time where you are unregulated. There is no free season in the spirit. There is no vacation in the spirit. You know, vacation, <laughs> vacation is when people undo all the progress they have made. <laughs> So when you go on vacation, they've been doing fit farm from January till November, December like this, Christmas show like this, fit farm will last then. They'll eat all kinds of things. January, they start reading their resolution again. Ah, here we go. There is not something like that. There is no time in the realm of the spirit where you should let off your guard and, and backslide or lose ground. There is no time like that. There is no season like that in the realm of the spirit. There is no vacation in the realm of the spirit. Am I making sense? Don't ever be unregulated. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my love. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Next verse. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and what? And live. Those who are living are those who are keeping the commandment. That is life. Keeping commandment is what? Is life. So you should measure the quality of your life in God by the amount of commandments you are keeping. It's not by things happening to you. Maybe, you know, when you get to age, say you get to marriageable age, from maybe 20 to something, you are married. You say you have matured. You are get to, they say it's time to have, you know, you are matured. Some, of, some people, they are still crawling in the realm of the spirit because they are not keeping any instruction. Life is not being manifested. 
life, there is no growth happening because there is no instruction. They are a lot to themselves. If they want to travel today and relocate, it's their own decision. They say, God has given me a brain. If I, when I want to, the person I want to marry, God has given me a brain. I can analyze and choose anybody by myself. I don't need the Holy Spirit. Oh, I want to choose a new, oh, no, I don't need the Holy Spirit. That's why I have a brain. I have a brain. You know, I can consider and look. <laughs> no instruction. If they are the Lord and Savior of their own journey. No instruction. That is not life. That is not life. They may come to church every Sunday, but they are not living. Because there is no commandment to live by. Next verse. Get whistle. Go back. Let, let me put it in context. Go back. Verse 4. He taught me also and said, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain judgment. Sorry. Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and words and live. Then destruction goes for that. To say what? Next verse. Get what? Wisdom. Get what? Understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline. Huh. We cannot get to this decline today. But maybe next week I'll show us how we decline from the words of the Lord. I will refuse the training of God. Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible said that if you are not chastised of God, you are what? Illegitimate children. You are bastards. It doesn't mean that another person gave birth to you. That's not what he's saying. Because if you look at the word that used their sons, it talks about mature sons. It means somebody who has been responding to training, who has been, then it gets to a point. He said, enough. I'm not for this. Maybe the module is different from what he's used to. Maybe he's been used to sweet calamus. <laughs> God now brings a little man and said, no. And refuses to him. They become illegitimate. Become a bastard because you've refused to train him. Because what does the Bible say? The Bible says that if you look at that Hebrew story, the Bible says that for the Lord chastises the person that he does what he accepts. And that scripture says loves, but the more uh, the more uh, correct word is the word that he the sons he accepts, and that speaks of a son that has been accepted by adoption. Remember that. The scriptural meaning of adoption is different from the natural meaning of adoption. You know, the scriptural meaning of adoption is a son who has gone through a certain training up to a certain level and is fit and is mature now to take over certain portions of the father's inheritance and represent the father. The training doesn't stop, but it is judged that he has acquired certain critical ingredients to represent the father. And then he comes into certain degree of inheritance. But the training continues. Am I making sense? The training does what? Go back to Proverbs. I don't want to go deep into this because we're still going to go into it. But I just wanted to use that to illustrate um, the point. Well, we get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Next verse. Forsake her not, and she shall do what? The instructions are for what? Preservation. The instructions are for what? A lot of times when you look at yourself and your passion has gone down, it's because you have refused to obey certain instructions. You've missed some instructions. You've missed certain consecrations somewhere down the line. 
and you've opened yourself to things that have drained the passion of the Lord. It's, it's, it's a system. Make sure you don't puncture it. You see, if there is a tap that runs from that next building to this building, if you open water in that next building, what are you going to have? As sure as they don't, you're going to have water here, right? As long as nothing is blocking, that's where the passion of the Lord works. As long as it's not leaking out somewhere. So your lack of passion is not that there is, there is not supply. The lack of passion is that something is leaking it out. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Uh, you're not listening to me. Am I making sense? Something is what? Is leaking it out. Forsake her not, she will preserve thee. Love her, she shall what? She shall keep. Some of you are worried of my children. Ah, Ayeti Leo, see this word. Eh? The word today is gay, tomorrow is transgender. How will our children survive now? I don't. I don't. Recently, I think recently I just told myself that. No. There is nothing, absolutely nothing to be scared about once you do the right thing. Put the seed in those children. The Lord has a reason for sending them to earth at this time. You think it's only devil that has agenda? God said, get agenda. Let them be saying all kinds of agenda. Whether it's gay agenda, whether it's black agenda, white agenda, gay, all of the agenda. There's an, if I, our forefather agenda, let them bring it. God has agenda. And there is a reason he sent those children at this time. They have an agenda hanging over their head. It is called God's agenda. Don't be scared of any agenda. Put the seed of God's word in their hearts. It will do what? It will keep them. No matter the darkness outside. Hallelujah. Next verse. Thank you, Jesus. Wisdom is the what? Principal thing. Someone said in the school of the spirit, wisdom is the principal. <laughs> That's someone's interpretation of this verse, and I like it. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, do what? See, wherever you are right now, whatever state you are right now, what is important for you right now to make progress is to get wisdom. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. Right now, what is crucial to make the right progress from where you are right now is what? It's wisdom. Get wisdom. Go back to seven. Get wisdom. With all thy getting, do what? Get understanding. Next verse. Exalt her. She will do what? Promote you. She shall bring thee to honor. When you embrace her, forgive me, I'm paraphrasing, I don't think James is hard. Next verse. <laughs> she, shall give the, she shall give your head a what? An ornament of grace. And a what? A crown of glory she shall deliver to you. Look at the promise there. Look at the promise there. An ornament of grace. That speaks of the oil of the Lord. That speaks of spiritual capacity. You are never found one thing in doing anything the Lord requires you to do. You have capacity for anything that the Lord wants you to do. There is, and you have it by grace, by ease. So you are not struggling. Am I making sense? 
you are not, you are, you are not strong, you are not scrambling, you are just, there is an oil that is flowing. Why? Because, see, when you have understanding, eh, when you have, some bodies immediately just goes off you. Am I making sense? See, there is an understanding that you have as a parent. Hmm? Natural understanding that you have as a parent that you are not complaining about living in, uh, in Abulegu and working on the island because your children must eat. That's an understanding. Am I making sense? You cannot, you cannot say, I don't like this job. I don't like this job. I submit my resignation. No, no, no. Understanding will say, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> because children are at home. That is an understanding. Am I making sense? There is an understanding that is higher than that. There is an understanding that tells you, I can't take this. Something more important is at stake. There is an understanding that says, ah, this is the instruction of the Lord. I have no choice but to do it. It is for my benefit that I obey the Lord over this. It is for my benefit that I take this step that the Lord wants me to take. It is for my benefit that I refuse this and the Lord wants me to refuse. Scripture says that by faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, esteeming the sufferings of Christ of greater value than the what? The riches of Egypt. That is understanding. That is understanding. Do you understand the level of power he had access to as the son of Pharaoh's daughter and him having to leave all that to become a shepherd, to identify with slaves, slaves that have been slaves for 400 years, not just new slaves who are still, you know, when you have a new slave, you see arrogant. He tries to make several attempts to run. A slave of almost 400 years is completely subdued. No self-esteem. That was why they were angry at Moses. Why did you come to save us? Did you say we are not happy where we are? We are happy where we are. What's your problem? <laughs> That's a real proper slave. The orientation is complete. Hallelujah. I mean, that is ultimate security um, ultimate natural security glory for nothing absolutely nothing and he make that leap by faith because he had spiritual understanding only crazy people in the realm of spirit make that kind of move but it's because they see something you are not seeing when he did that perhaps he had maybe he had a sense in his heart that ah this journey is going to lead to something glorious. And look at where that journey led him to. Bible says God boasted concerning Moses that for Moses so I know him face to face. That is that is a CV, man. That's a CV. Moses will look back and say, thank God I made that journey. If God shows you what's ahead of you, you will not struggle with some of the things you are struggling with right now. You will embrace that training and say, God, bring it on. Bring it. bring it on. But God wants your motivation to be love. His love. So even though it seems you are in a dark place, you are trusting the voice that is guiding you. You are trusting the hand that is leading you because you know he loves you. 
Even though you don't understand, yet you are responding to him. He said, I know my father. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me. You know. You know. You trust the shepherd. Because you know that the training is for your good. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord will encourage us, and I'm closing on this note. Let, let, us, embrace, let us pray for a heart that embraces the training of the Lord. That embraces the training of the Lord because it is for our good. It is for our good. She shall give to your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She shall deliver to thee. Hallelujah. Let's just rise to our feet. I think it's a good place to stop. Oh, and just pray this morning. I choose the way of the Lord. I choose the way of the Lord. For the way of the Lord is the way of wisdom. I choose the way of the Lord. Meto place fertura tele sesets in the mortala brekedila enemono no shaka baba 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 baba
we need to we need to come before the altar and say God I've been a fugitive for a long time and I want to return home I've absconded from training for a long time I've been doing my own thing for some of us it's out of the fact that we have become offended in God we have become offended we think that the Lord doesn't love us that's why he's allowed us to go through things we are going through some of us have become offended some of us is because of distraction the Bible says that you know the lust of the eyes the things of this world you know choke the world for some of us it's the pressure of things around we have absconded from training we have abandoned the places of our consecration this morning I want us to say Father I return I'm sorry Lord I'm sorry for some of us we are in training but we are not serious you know we are in training we've not absconded but we are also not serious about it we are not giving it our all we can do much better but we are not doing better this morning say father i pray i pray for grace i pray for grace this is a matter of life and death this is a matter of destiny this is a matter of destiny and i take this seriously i find my way back oh god like that prodigal son that found his way back to the father i return i return to you lord i return to you lord i return to you lord some of you the lord needs to heal your heart you have become offended you have become bruised you are bitter you are bitter against yourself you are bitter at yourself you're bitter at the lord you're bitter at things around you because there is a dissatisfaction inside there is a discontent inside you need to be healed this morning receive healing in the name of jesus receive healing in the name of jesus Hail a 